the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. At S-A-L-M. Live from the NASDAQ market side, I'm Bertha Coombs with your latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and much, much more. Ah, another week, another day, another dollar. What do you want to talk about this week? We talk economy, we can talk investing, we can talk individual stocks to own and or want to own. And why do you want to own them? First and foremost, let's jump right into the numbers. The SP 500 up three. The NASDAQ up 12. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 28. Not the best of weeks, not the worst of weeks last week, but definitely not the best. Struggle last week. The market declined 2%. Today, we move a little bit higher. We're recouping some of those losses. We're into earnings season a little bit deeper. We started it earlier last week. China's trade balance report for September showed a 9.9% increase in exports. Yeah, it's positive. We need China growing. If China doesn't grow, China gets impatient. If China gets impatient, they do a little civil unrest. That's not good. Like, they need those jobs. Otherwise, they freak out and march and protest. Marching and protesting shows you things aren't going terribly well. Still a big global economic slowdown. Last week, we learned a little bit more about that with the IMF. 2.4% jump in imports has continued to feed concerns about domestic demand inside of China. So what the world is sending them... Kind of anemic. China's being seen as a bearer of good economic news, though, today, all things considered. Uh, tomorrow it could be slightly negative. Today it could be slightly positive. Like, that's the way this scheme is playing. We know they're generally moving in the right direction, but we know it's not as much as it used to be. So some days we'll change our forecast for copper, aluminum, zinc, nickel, steel, gold. All based on demands out of China. If they're not consuming, i.e. through imports, the commodity market will be weaker. If they are sending stuff out via exports, that can help the global stock market. Exports telling you global demand, imports telling you commodity demand. Big catalyst for the boost in the stock market today. Some conciliatory remarks out of Germany regarding Greece's position in the Eurozone. Some thoughts that Spain may request a bailout in November. Good God, it could have been Greece requesting a bailout in October or November. Like, you almost like put in country here. It's almost uh, not to connect the dots, but fill in the blanks. SoftBank has made a $20 billion offer to acquire 70% of Sprint Next. So we told you, not we, I told you, this show told you. I'm not speaking to myself in terms of we. That's kind of weird. I told you about the story last week. Now, SoftBank is all about the Internet. SoftBank is all about... If you've ever been to Japan, their Internet smokes our Internet. A lot of countries' Internet smokes our Internet. So this deal is all about getting our Internet faster. And weirdly enough... It's tied towards Sprint. Like, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? That all had to come from Sprint, right? So retail sales out this morning. Retail sales showed a jump of 1.1%. 
an upwardly revised month of August as well. Again, telling you the U.S. economy is okay. If you're short this market, you're a fool. I pity the fool. No, no, no. I'm not going to say that. If you're short this market, you're missing some opportunity, in my belief. Excluding autos, retail sales rose 1.1%, upwardly revised 1% in August. Sales gains were achieved in every major category with the exception of miscellaneous store retailers. So department stores, up three-tenths of a percent. Core retail sales, if you exclude gas and autos and materials for building, up nine-tenths of a percent. So there's enough out there today to say things are looking good. Now, again, not glorious, but good. Hike the deficit or another recession. That's what we talk about when we're talking fiscal cliff. Citigroup headlines, today's corporate earnings. Gannett reporting the quarterly numbers. Sprint being acquired by SoftBank. Will Clearwire be in uh, play today? Sure. AMD, all things digital, is reporting that AMD could announce workforce reductions of 30% this week. That's a pretty hardcore number. Microsoft is doing an on-demand streaming music for free on its new tablet computer. You just have to hear an ad every 15 minutes. That's not good news for Pandora. It's called Xbox Music. It's going to offer a pay option for downloading songs and saving them online. Visa and MasterCard in the spotlight. A judge was asked to approve a $7.2 billion settlement over credit card fees. A lot of merchants oppose it, saying it forces merchants to give up valuable legal rights. BlackRock's shares are undervalued, according to Barron's this weekend. Paper says the firm has been improving its equity fund performance and is working on plans to cut fees for its ETFs. eBay's PayPal unit is planning to cut as much as 3% of its workforce. Tied towards product development, tech, and marketing. Amazon.com says customers who own the company's Kindle e-readers are entitled to refunds on past purchases. The judge approves that settlement with publishers in a price-fixing case. It could be $0.30 cents for a buck thirty-two. It could be between $0.30 cents and a buck thirty-two per book. So if you bought books in the past from Amazon, you may get big money, $0.30 cents per book. Uh, you had to read a lot of books. Watson Pharmaceutical received an FDA approval to sell a generic version of Sanofi's Avapro, which is used to treat high blood pressure as well as diabetes-related kidney disease. Good day to start drinking butter. Now that Watson Pharmaceuticals has done this. No, not really. Right? So good numbers out today. I like what I'm seeing. Um, some other stories that we have to note. Trends are making a difference right now. Robert Frost, the great poet, once said, two roads diverged in a wood. I took the one less traveled. And that made all the difference. He never said it was difference was good or bad, but it made all the difference. I like the happy endings angle. We don't have the answer right now if we're definitively going to end in glory, but things are moving that direction. The trend right now that's leading the markets is positive. I want you to be constructive, not deconstructive. I want you to own stocks. I want you to have a maxed out 401k if you have time on your side. If you don't, you're in trouble. I want you to pay attention to companies like Norfolk Southern and FedEx. As a long-term patient investor, you have to look at transports as if we're shipping things, we're probably consuming things. You're listening to me, Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. Twitter, my handle is at Rob Black. No, it's Rob Black Show. Find me online at robblack.com. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. We're looking... You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
It's a political year, and typically 71% of the time the stock market goes up in the month of October during presidential elections. Not so much this year. Right now you can set your watch to the market's fading. It happens in the first hour of trading. Like, you can figure the stuff out. It's not rocket science, turbo technology, or anything like that. Music makes me wildly happy. What makes you happy? It's part of why we do this show. So that you can fund your retirement and fund things that make you happy. I want you to look at retirement in your 401k as a retirement plan and not not an emergency fund. It's not a loan. It's what makes you happy from age 60 to 100. And keep in mind, from 85 to 100, you're probably just waiting to die. So it's what makes you happy from age 60 to 75, 80. SP 500 up one third of a point, the NASDAQ down three, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up nine. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, NewFocusFinancial.com. Let's talk top retirement mistakes. Everyone loves a good list. Let's go through some of them. I think the number one that I see is retiring without a plan. You know, people come in and say, "I've retired now. Now what do I do?" And they because they run the basic numbers of, "Hey, I think I have enough. If I take five percent of this 401k that I have, I should be able to retire." But they forget about all of the details, like the vacation planning, the taxes that they have to pay when they draw money out of their 401k, the inflation, the Medicare Part B costs, the you know all of these costs that you face in retirement that a lot of people don't even think about. It's pretty common too because. We don't really know as a society how much we need to retire. We don't know what inflation is going to be or not going to be. We don't know. So it's it's silly to retire with a concept of, I think I have enough. Let's talk about some – go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you, just, you have to have a real detailed income plan that projects inflation because a person that retires with 100% of their money in a 401k is in a much different situation than somebody that has 401k money, tax-free Roth IRA money, and then after-tax taxable accounts. Um, or low basis stock. So a detailed income plan that has to do with inflation, taxes, and all that stuff, it's, it's, you have to have that at least 10 years prior to retirement. I always thought in retirement I was going to take like college classes. Like I don't really know what my retirement is going to look like, but I know that I want to be mentally stimulated and I want to be around young college girls, which might sound inappropriate, but it keeps me young in heart, which will keep me alive in theory, right? Oh, yeah. You're going to be the one in the restaurant making the dirty jokes to the waitresses and winking. <laughs> winking? It's not cool, Rob. Just so for you know. the record, I've never winked at a woman in my life. Oh, you will, though. You think so? Yeah, I think you'll be a winker. What's, what's weird to note about that is <laughs> that I don't know how to wink. You like, can't wink? No, when I try to wink, it's like I, my head like juts forward six inches. Like I got, And it's, it's awkward. So part of your retirement plan is to spend the first few years learning how to wink. Good God. <laughs> if I wink at 100 women and it produces results with one, it's learning. It's worth learning to wink. <laughs> so you're going to have wink statistics now as your job. <laughs> Probably about right. So what else do we need to know about mistakes in retirement? Okay, number two, using old rules of thumb. That idea of saying I'm going to take 100 minus my age, and that's how much goes in stocks, and that's how much goes in bonds. That's no, ridiculous. it's 120 minus your age now. Oh, yeah. That's the new rule? Yeah, that's the new rule. New rules of money? Yeah. Well, it's just an awful idea because you can't have just a dummy portfolio that you dollar cost average back out of. You have to have a certain amount in cash, a certain amount in dividend-paying stocks that always increase their dividend, a certain amount in a balanced portfolio, and some alternative products. It's a little bit smarter than that. Okay. Because we, we've gone – and the reason why, Rob, is because we've gone to a correlation closer and closer to one post about 2007 where – you know, asset allocation meant there was always some part of your portfolio going up. Everything has kind of moved as we've gone to a global economy together. So you have to have a little bit smarter approach than just that old, you know, rule of thumb of 100 minus your age, and that's how much is stocks versus bonds. Also, the other, you know, old rule of thumb that doesn't work is that you're only going to need 70% of what you spend while you're working in retirement. Uh, usually it's higher in the first five years because of vacations and health care costs, especially if you retire early. Um, and then, you know, a lot of older, older people used to say, you'll be okay if you can retire and just live off of the income that your assets are producing. We are at a historical lows on bonds, 
And we've gone through a decade of very low inflation, so we could go through a decade of high inflation, which could kick that rule of thumb, you know, to the curb. So you think I'm wrong? I, I thought I wasn't going to spend any money in retirement. I thought I was just going to sit there and watch Ellen DeGeneres. Like, I want to be that old guy who says everything incorrectly. I love, I love Ellen DeGeneres. And, like, <laughs> my kids and my kids' kids will be like, it's uh, DeGeneres. Uh, but I'm going to do it intentionally. Like, I want to watch TV in retirement. I don't think my retirement's going to be that expensive, Chad. You know, you, it might not be in your 80s, especially if you um, keep winking at people and then you're kicked out of everywhere. But you might just be sitting home and watching TV, and that could What's be part of it. winking? Like, did you learn how to flirt, like, in 1940? <laughs> I could just picture you doing it now. So it's just every restaurant. You, you, you wink as you leave a quarter for a tip. <laughs> that's embarrassing. It's that, a little too close to home, but it's yeah. true enough. Yeah, well, that's another one. So using bad assumptions. So you're assuming that you're not going to spend much in retirement. So that's that's uh, mistake number three. Yeah, I guess Use if the waitress says seven. yes once or twice, then she's going to start digging my gold, so to speak, and <laughs> the week won't have paid off, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so using bad assumptions. Anyways, if you're trying to project that you're going to earn well over 7% on a balanced portfolio, which includes three years' worth of expenses and cash. That's way too much on your long-term assumptions. You know what they say about assumptions? They make an ass out of you and me. Yes. It reminds me of my shop teacher from high school. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> it's CFP Chad Burton. I don't even want to know about your shop teacher in high school. That just that ends badly. CFP <laughs> Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So... We've got a stock market that we're dealing with on a day-by-day basis, talking about right ways and wrong ways to invest. It's kind of crazy, right? Sometimes I feel like uh, these stories are inane, like Windows 8 expectations. You know, the best thing that Microsoft has going for it right now is the Xbox. It has some momentum, not everything has momentum right now. And that's something that we have to be honest with. It's something we have to see. Like AMD's got no momentum. Like, do you want to invest with momentum? Do you want to invest with uh, value? Do you want to invest with technology? What's going to be your, your driving force? We'll talk about what individuals should do. We'll talk about what you should do. Don't be shy. Drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle is robblackshow. You can follow me on YouTube, robblackshow. You can follow me at Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black, or cron for rob Black. cron for rob Black. Like me, because I like you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. To Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So what do you want to talk about financially speaking today? Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about investing. Talk about doing things right, doing things wrong. Money. One of the things that I guess I got out of this weekend's seminars that I did was people like to be reaffirmed. They like to check back in and they like to know that they're going the right direction. It's kind of an odd concept, right? Like I know and you know what we need to understand and yet we don't like hearing it in the now, but we like being reaffirmed that like real estate one of the funnier lessons, and I try to make my Money 101 funny. I try to make it kind of like stand-up comedy meets everything you basically need to know. One of the things that I, I like, I like my real estate agents to be older. I really, really do. I like them to have grown up in the town. I don't want them to be, you know, team chic or team chic, whatever the right word is. I, I like them to have some age on them. Credit cards are okay as long as you pay them off every month. Home mortgage is great as far as debt goes. I met a couple this weekend that they pay off their, they want to pay off their house in, in the next like two or three years. They've, they're young. I'm like, why do you have 
an asset that doesn't change based on inflation, i.e. your mortgage payment, why do you want to reassess, why do you want to pay that off? So once you move it from a liability of a monthly payment into an asset, something that's paid off, it's actually an underperforming asset based on inflation. The dollar that you put in your house loses to inflation. Inflation goes up every year, the cost of food, the cost of soda, you know, Coke in the Coke machine is the easiest example to make. The cost of gasoline, the cost of cars. So why do you want to have an asset, i.e. your cash in the house, paid off? You don't. You want that asset growing. Cash doesn't return much on investments. If you put money in a bank, you get almost nothing. If you put money in a bond, you get somewhere between 2 and 6%, typically, historically. Government bonds, somewhere between 0 and 3%. Put money in a stock... You're up 14% this year on average. It's not too shabby, right? So why do you want to put it in the house where you get zero? And yet people do. I don't know. Are you with me on this? This morning we get a report on retail sales, better than expected. Manufacturing the United States division area known as New York region, lower than expected, i.e. contracting. Last week, the IMF reduced its global growth forecast. Last week, Alcoa and AMD disappointed. This morning, AMD is talking about 30% cuts in employment. You know, someone asked me about HP this weekend, and I said, when they cut 100,000 jobs, I'm in and or when they spin off their consumer division. Some stocks that I like. I like Exxon. I like uh, Chevron. Whether I buy a truck, a train, a scooter, motorcycle, a good old reliable, reliant Chrysler. Whatever I buy, I need to fuel up. Except for my donkey. My donkey I could put in the backyard and say, go eat some apples, donkey, and donkey will go, eeyaw. So I like ExxonMobil as a long-term patient investor. Dividend yield at 2.8% is nice. I hated those kids. That wouldn't let the rabbit get the tricks. But I like General Mills as an investment. They make Cheerios. They make green giant vegetables. Jim Brady, Ronald Reagan's favorite vegetable. They make progressive soups. I like a soup. Hey, kids, I want a soup. They make Lucky Charms. Just to show you what a messed up childhood I had. I know you're saying, please don't tell me that story about your dad again. Okay, okay, I won't, I won't, I won't. Here's my story on Lucky Charms. As a kid, we used to, when my mom would come home from the grocery store, we would scavenge, we would take, we would open things like Lucky Charms and eat all the marshmallows out of it so the brothers didn't get any marshmallows. There's five boys, and we were demons. We were monsters to each other. So would I own General Mills? Yeah. I expect them to be in business for many, many, many years. They are a laggard in the Trinity Greek yogurt category. They are Yoplait yogurt. But they acquire companies when they need to. They do do bear, They do buybacks. I was going to say bareback, but that's not quite right. They do buybacks and they do dividends and they just bought a Brazilian food company doubling its sales in Latin America. So General Mills, GIS, ticker symbol. I like IBM. When I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey, 
da 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 da. Um, the computer was named Hal. And if you take H and push the letter forward and A and push the letter forward and L and push the letter forward, you get IBM. So that's what we thought of the all-pervasive IBM back in the 60s. IBM was founded, though, in 1911. It was originally the Computing Tabulating Recording Company, CTC, CTR, CTRC. The Computing Tabulating Recording Company, like, ooh. But it's been around for a long, 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 long time. It does services, it does software, it does hardware. It's a one-stop shop for a lot of corporate IT. They've got a lot of patents. They spend a lot of money on research. Johnson and Johnson. My baby's eyes don't cry when I put Johnson and Johnson shampoo on his head. But they also don't cry when you give them Tylenol tablets. And they also don't cry when you give them big fat dividend check. They also don't cry with their cancer treatments and their schizophrenia treatments and their hepatitis C. Johnson and Johnson is accelerating their earnings right now. It's a picture of health. It's got a AAA credit rating. They do a lot of acquisitions. They do a lot of dividends and share buybacks. These are all companies that I think you can be a long-term patient investor in. ADP? You may use them. You may not. It's an improving economy play. It's a rosier employment picture play. But to me, what it is, is they handle paychecks, they handle HR, they handle direct deposits. You got some mid-sized business opportunities in the United States, some small-sized business opportunities in the United States. It's a company that's got plenty of room to run in the long-term, patient world of investing. Coca-Cola. Again, some things I like about Coke, some things I don't. Sprite killed Fresca. I hated Fresca. I know you're saying, I like Fresca. Okay, so you're an angry old person. Fanta, Tab, Fresca. Fresca. I just like saying the word Fresca. One of those words that's not really a word. But with Coke, you also get Powerade and Dasani and Minute Maid. You got large amount of sales in China and Russia, Brazil. They're growing 8%, slowly but steadily. It's a steady company. It's not sexy. I like it when the stock market crashes. I like it when the stock market's all falling apart. Because I think Coke will be there tomorrow. I like McDonald's, which if you were at the seminar this week and you heard probably one of the raunchiest, dirtiest jokes ever. The Golden Arches continues to, to rise. When I was a baby, it was hundred served. When I was a toddler, it was million served. When I was an old man, it's billion served. And as I age, cows just say, stop, 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 stop. It's a holocaust of cows. We get it. You don't need to update how many served. McDonald's restaurants on average generate about $2.7 million per year. I know you're saying, did you just say that? The word McDonald's and restaurant in the same sentence? I know, it's offensive, right? The company's returned more than $27 billion to shareholders via buybacks and dividends. It's made for some tasty gains, averaging 14.7% each year for the last 10 years. Not too shabby in a down market, right? Philip Morris International. When I was a kid, I'd see used cigarettes. I'd go plant them, try to make a cigarette tree, because that's where I figured cigarettes grew. Philip Morris International, it's got no concerns about tobacco. Morningstar said there will be 1.4 billion smokers globally in 2020, up from 1.3 billion a day. If the percentage of the population that smokes declines 1% annually, it still grows. Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This area. So, take a look at the stock market. Stocks rise and fall. Retail sales. Citigroup. 
Citigroup's a stock that I haven't really mentioned much this morning, have I? Their sales, their earnings beat expectations. Kind of like the weird three stories today are retail better than expected. Direction is clearly positive. Very slow pace, but clearly positive. Citigroup, big bank, and earnings out of big bank so far have been pretty solid. SoftBank by 70% of Sprint as Japan seeking some growth in America. We as consumers spend. SoftBank agreed to buy 70% of Sprint, Nextel. Sprint, Nextel, probably one of the worst mergers and acquisitions of all time. But they're going to spend $12.1 billion to get 70%. They're going to, get eight, they're going to give $8 billion new capital to the new venture. So it allows Japanese billionaire Masoshi, Masayoshi Son, Masayoshi Son, SoftBank president, to participate in a market that's still growing in contrast to Japan, where handset shipments tumbled 27% in the last five years. That's kind of a crazy concept, right? 27% handset shipments down in five years. Sprint can fund a faster expansion of its 4G wireless network, pay down debt, make more acquisitions, challenge bigger players Verizon and AT&T. It's not an easy path. But it's interesting to note. It's an interesting time to get this uh, investment of capital. It could have been better when Sprint shareholders... Or worth a lot more. LTE subscription quadrupled this year to $73 million. They're expected to hit $1.2 billion by 2016. Okay, let me slow that phrase down. SoftBank is looking to ride an investment trend fastest growing in mobile communications since 3G started rolling out about 10 years ago. LTE. Subscriptions have quadrupled this year to $73 million. They're expected to hit $1.2 billion by 2016. You with me against me? This is a civil war. This is North versus South. This is big. Apple, Samsung, HTC all support the technology. When you listen to the conference call, I know you're saying, what a nerd you are. Yes, and keep in mind when I was in high school, the nerds got beaten up a lot. But now nerds rule the world, according to the Big Bang. And I trust all my sitcoms to give me relevance into the world. But SoftBank has a huge challenge ahead of itself. And yet, at the same time, somehow I'm getting that Japan and a gadget company are going to merge the two concepts together beautifully and get someone like Sprint to deliver data. Like, before I have six kids, I almost want to buy a family data plan that I can keep forever, right? I know you said, you want to have six kids? I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Take my resume off the I want to marry Rob Black and make six kids decision. That's a lot of babies. That's a lot of babies. But it's also a lot of taxpayers. So if you're a senior citizen, you should be supporting this concept and introducing me to your daughter. But that's neither here nor there. The point being is, what is the point? I forgot the point. Sprint holds 48% of Clearwire. And a lot of people think Clearwire is the next acquisition, followed by Metro PCS. Now that they got eight plus billion dollars, what will they do with it? So I almost want to get a, a data plan for a family of six because you know sometimes you get locked in those plans and if you don't want to change, you don't have to. I sense that down the road we're going to have more and more gadgets connected to the internet, whether it be our TV, that's the obvious one, or our car. It's not just going to be the phone. The phone's cute, but you know what? I so desperately want to have a weekend. With a sugar booger and no electronics. You know, my favorite thing to do is go to Mexico and order uh, 
do I like ordering there? Huevos Rancheros? Eh, dos cervezas. Uh, lime. El lime. Eh, eh, el lime. El, el limo. Por favor. Gracias. You know what I actually like about Mexico is I like my phone doesn't work there. And I typically don't have the, how shall we say, uh, balance to check the internet. I like checking out when I when I vacation. And yet, something tells me gadgets are going to rule our world with integration. And you're not even going to notice that your TV becomes a gadget. And you're not even going to notice that your car becomes a gadget as far as wired. And I think that's where the Sprint deal makes some sense. Oh, good golly. Good golly. Apple, someone said, how low do I think it's going to go this quarter? I don't know. And I don't care. I don't own Apple for a quarter-to-quarter time frame. I own it for the ecosystem. Do I think stock goes higher over time? I do, based on valuation. Do I know where it's going to go in the short term? I do not. You listen to Roberto Negro, E Cervezas, Dos Cervezas, on the Wall Street Business Network. Start your morning with AM. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money investing, and much, much more. It's that time of year. We're in election season. What, do we have uh, less than a month till a president is elected or re-elected? Yet people are still focusing on Apple going down. The Dow's up, the tech, Gladen NASDAQ down in the red. Apple's down 11.5% from its all-time high. NASDAQ's in the red. Dow is up 9. NASDAQ down 3. The S&P 500 up one-third of one point. Retail sales point to a stronger-than-expected third-quarter consumer spending. That's good news. Citigroup profit falls, but tops expectations. Shares move higher. That's real good news. That's the news that is positive that sometimes won't be reported. I'm not sure if you're with me or against me, but you want banks to lead us higher. I know we hate banks. Trust me, I've been in a bank before. I know you're saying, you've been in a bank before? Shocking. Yes, I've been in a bank before. Don't make fun of me. Uh, And I've seen the bad service. I've seen people get angry at a bank. I've seen people get angry inside of a bank. I've seen people get angry at the tellers inside of a bank. As if it's the teller who makes the policy. Always try to get mad at the person that's appropriate. If you want to get mad at a restaurant, don't get mad at a, the waiter. Unless they did something offensive, which usually they don't. Speaking of offensive, Amazon.com says ebook refunds to come. Woo! I'm going to get big money. Seeing that I've never bought a digital book, this story doesn't mean padoosh to me. But Amazon sent out an email this morning to some customers said you're going to be eligible to receive a credit estimated between thirty cents all the way up to a buck thirty two for each book purchased from April two thousand ten to May two thousand twelve. There's our legal system working for us, right? It's a legal settlement. State attorneys general ebook settlements. Somehow I think lawyers made billions and billions of dollars. Right? Visa is in the news today. They're expanding their availability of a new electronic wallet through partnerships announced with companies like PNC Financial and 800flowers.com. V.me, an application that allows consumers to store account information for credit card and debit cards, including non-Visa cards, in a secure software program. They can use the program to make purchases online, merchants that accept the 
service by entering a username and password instead of typing in their card number for each transaction. I own shares of Visa. I totally expect Visa to be around the day I die, but I could see a, a world without Visa. There's a company called Square. Or is it called Square or is it called Four? Or is it called Foursquare? It's called Square. Um, they, they do transactions between a merchant and you. And what's beautiful about it is it cuts out the middleman, or they become the middleman. And I think what's kind of fun about it is that, you know, Square, if you define it, it's a regular quadrilateral. It basically has four equal sides, four equal angles. But to me, Square is a revolutionary service. Accepting credit cards anywhere, Square offers an easy-to-use free credit card reader that plugs into a phone or iPad. Founded by Jack Dorsey and Jim McElvey in 2009, headquartered in San Francisco. If I were a Visa, I'd acquire Square soon. And I guess it's short for Square Up. You know, I, I'm not quite sure what Square Up came from, but maybe you and I were out. The bill comes and you say, let's square up, everyone. Does that sound right? doesn't sound right to me, but it sounds like a rod angle. I know you're saying, stop it. Stop it. As if Broadway couldn't get any more suckier. It has. A businessman is accused of defrauding Rebecca the Musical producers. I think if you get defrauded, you deserve it if you're in the musical business. Call me crazy, but a Long Island businessman and stockbroker allegedly duped the producers of Rebecca the Musical into believing he had secured $4.5 million in financing from a group of overseas investors to help the show open on Broadway. Hmm. Supposedly he caused the show's producers to pay him for entities he controlled of more than $60,000, including an $18,000 advance to cover a safari he had purportedly taken in hopes of receiving a fee for securing investments. The music open, the musical, excuse me, which for the record, I find all musicals useless. Midnight and the kitty cats roll sleeping. Rebecca the Musical opened in Vienna in 2006. Has been able to make the transfer to London or Broadway. So had a budget of 12 to $14 million. I'm stunned by this. I'm stunned that a musical flopped. Other big stories of note today. Stocks that are in the news. Things that we could always use to make money off of. We've got an up market today. It's kind of nice. Um, cruise ship captain. He appears in the Italian court. The captain of the cruise ship that slammed into an Italian reef earlier this year, killing 32. Which, if we're going to kill people, let's kill people on cruise ships. Because they're probably senior citizens who are paying low Prop 13 taxes and paying low income taxes. And yet they probably go, oh, I need to go see the doctor. I just need to go see the doctor. I need someone to talk to. Good God, the Rolling Stones are marking their 50th anniversary. They've announced a couple concerts in London and Jersey. I actually saw the Stones in concert back when I think it was their 40th anniversary or something ridiculous like that. It's been five years since the legendary rock band performed. Which, for the record, I don't think Keith Richards performed in 15 years. I just think he's Disney's greatest creation. Pakistani girl got shot by the Taliban, heading to the UK for her safety. Business inventory is up six cents of a percent. Lowe's has been considered a buy-rated stock. I don't know. Clearwire up 20% on news that Sprint's going the way of SoftBank. Clearwire, always a story out there. Texas Instruments, 
is up on news at Amazon.com is may acquire the mobile chip business. That's a weird story. Why would Amazon.com acquire a semiconductor company, right? And yet an Israeli publication is saying it could be true. We'll take a break here. We'll be back. You're listening to me, Roberto Negro. Hey, Doleros on the Wall Street Business Network. Big stories out there today is a new music app made by Microsoft, a Spotify-like streaming music service that will be baked into Windows 8 PCs and tablets, Windows phones and the Xbox, but no one really cares right now about PCs, right? So Microsoft is sexy in a stock kind of way, but not a company kind of way, an evaluation kind of way. It's going to be better than Spotify, Rhapsody, RDO, and all the others. <coughs> Concept's pretty straightforward. For the industry standard $9.99 a month, you get access to unlimited streaming music on your Windows 8 PC or tablet, Xbox, Windows Phone. A Pandora-like radio feature lets you play tracks based on similar artists. There's also a free ad-supported version of the Xbox music that lets you stream tracks to your Windows 8 computer. You can buy separate tracks and albums and keep them forever, even if you unsubscribe from Xbox music. You can't do that with Spotify and other services. Xbox music is the complete package. Interesting. Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. The SP 500 is up 2. The NASDAQ up 1. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 28. Let's welcome in now CFP Chad Burton, Mr. Burton, talking financial planning issues with us on a regular basis. Let's talk estate planning nightmares. I'm sure you see more than one of these in your life. Yeah, and let's kind of talk about kind of the smaller events that can occur and ruin you know, your legacy and ruin your family. We talk about estate taxes all the time for sure. the wealthy and things like that. Let's just talk about some of the smaller things and give you an example that um, occurs all too often. Let's say you... Uh, let's say, Rob, you're dating a girl, and and things are going really well when you first start. You're actually – you get engaged, and at the same time, you happen to get a new job. And tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> matching tattoos. And uh, you think things are going to last forever, and you happen to get a new job, and you're, you happen to you know sign up for the 401K. And, well, you're going to name your sweetheart as your beneficiary on your 401K, right? Because you're about to get married soon. Sure. I've done that. Well, I'm guilty yeah. of that. Yeah. And then what what happens, you know, four to six years later, she turns into a raging nightmare and you guys break up and you wouldn't wish her on your worst enemy. And then it's been three years since you broke up. Your 401k is worth 100000 200000 and you die on a ski trip. Guess who gets your 401k? Not your brother, not your sister, not your mommy, not your daddy. It's the ex-girlfriend because you forgot to change the beneficiaries on your 401k. Okay, but let's do the same scenario of... Let's say I get married, but mm-hmm. I never change my paperwork because I'm that guy who never changes my paperwork. Uh-huh. Um, who gets the money then? Well, as a spouse, they can claim up to half in a community property state of the contributions post-marriage. Okay. Up to half. That's it. So half of the contributions post-marriage could go to the ex-girlfriend plus the, all the assets that are in there prior to that could go to the ex-girlfriend. That's pretty disturbing. It is. It's a, it's a tough thing just by, you know, forgetting to update, do an annual update. I mean, you know, every firm almost, every job that you get that has benefits typically has some sort of an open enrollment. And you just kind of have that spark the back of your memory and say, open enrollment, not only am I supposed to look at my health benefits, my disability, my life insurance, also my beneficiaries. It's just kind of a annual housekeeping thing that you got to do. As I got older, in the last two or three years, Chad, I now have what I call a password list. It's yeah. all the passwords to all my accounts in case I die. And I haven't done the updating my paperwork. So, like, I'm a little bit in denial, right? It is. And you, you brought up a, a subject that I forgot to, I, was, I wasn't even going to talk about this. I'm got, glad you brought it up. But the, your online presence, right? Sure. What about all those pictures that you have on Facebook? You know, who has the ability to go in and, and find the password and get those pictures? Who, who owns those rights? Who owns all your music that you might be storing online? in some cloud. Um, it's, it's all about you know, sweating the small stuff yeah. because it's the little things that can cause the nightmare to your trustee. Everybody thinks, hey, I want to name you as my executor of my will or the trustee of my estate. 
and like it's a great honor, it is a pain in the butt. It's one of the hardest jobs you can do. It takes a lot of time away from work, a lot of detail. You're dealing with family members that are, you know, arguing about a Christmas ornament. Um, so you really have to go through your estate and say, here's my important assets to my family and be clear on who gets what from the beginning and make things easy. You know, if you've got a bunch of uh, accounts that are in DRIPS, dividend reinvestment plans, sure. that's the olden days. Right. Now you can move those over to TD Ameritrade or Schwab or whoever and do your dividend reinvestment plan there and have it owned by your trust and have it in a place that's easy for your heirs to deal with. And, you know, in a, my own family, there was a situation where there was a my great aunt that died and there was a wedding ring that somebody tried to pull off a dead finger 20 minutes after death and it caused uh, a rift in the family and, and two sisters are never ever going to talk again i love that because, story because one wanted to pull the wedding ring off the finger it was you know what and unfortunately i was the executor of the will i looked at the weird will there was nothing in terms of the wedding ring you know that's thousands of dollars in most cases so you got to really you know think about the little things i'd chew that thing off i'd chew that ring off her dead finger like a raccoon. I like a raccoon, exactly. You know me well. So um, with that said, anything that we can do to make things more clear, obviously a good idea. Are estate planning attorneys thorough enough to like get that ring put into the trust, or is that something that's always going to be overlooked? You know, a lot of times it's overlooked. If you're going to some sort of a seminar and a week later you get what you think is a living trust, that's not the correct way. It often takes several, you know, meetings. A lot of times you can do the conference calls over the phone and go over the, you know, details of your your trust and your will. But a lot of times you even want to write a letter to say this is how I want things to go in, in plain English to kind of help with the legalese of the living trust. And, and think about it. You could even go around your house with sticky notes if you're later in life and say, okay, I want to make sure that I'm going to label stuff and that, you know, as I write it down, I take the sticky note off the item that I want to go to a specific person. It, it's kind of morbid, but it, it also, if you're, even if you're not very wealthy, you're trying to leave a legacy of good memories, right? You don't want to leave a legacy of, you know, people fighting over certain items. I've seen uh, estates held up for two or three years on little items like, you know, meat grinders that were used for elk hunting. I mean, just the weirdest things, Rob, meat that grinders. people don't, yeah, yeah, you know, like, uh, cube deer or elk meat and just just weird little things that you know families were all you, hunting together and then everybody fights over one thing when the dad dies. You and I walk in different circles. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Well, Sprint is the big story of the day. I think it's kind of a story on gadgets. There's winners and losers. Yahoo's a loser. They've been trying to persuade SoftBank to buy out Yahoo's stake in Yahoo Japan. Two sides of it in disagreement on price. Now it's clear that SoftBank just won't have the cash to do what Yahoo would want it to do. AT&T and Verizon are losers. Metro PCS, loser. Sprint now unlikely to top the bid for Metro PCS for T-Mobile. This is Rob Black and your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Simple investing is smart investing. I might want to write that down because, believe it or not, I think it actually makes sense. Something else I might want to write down is, don't buy your kids LeBron X sneakers. Shoes aren't great investments. It might be a kid's fancy in the world of Nike, and trust me, I like Nike. I like Nike a lot. It's a simple investment because people buy LeBron sneakers. $270 for the high-end version. It comes with tech. It measures such things as how quick you are, how high you can jump. The standard model is only 180 bucks. 
when it was first reported, it was going to be a $350 sneaker, but I think people freaked out. I know you're saying, good use of the word sneaker. You know what I often say when I say sneaker? I don't even know her. In the interest of teaching children about money, enough is enough. $270 for a pair of shoes? $180 for a pair of shoes? Now look, listen, listen, listen. I run six, seven miles a day. I, I totally love my Nikes. I think as a man who's over the age of 25, my knees are still in pretty good shape. As a man who's over the age of 35, my knees are in great shape. So, and I, I think it has something to do with Nike. Remember back in the 1990s? Let's go in the Wayback Machine. And the pump sneaker. <laughs> that was one of the first shoes that passed the three-figure mark. I know you're saying the pump sneaker? Sounds like something you'd have in the bedroom. Not. But it set a limit on how much we'd pay for shoes. I remember as a kid, my mom freaked out at $50 shoes. Now we're at 270 I remember if I wanted anything over 40 bucks, I had to pay the difference. That was the, the, the angle in my family. Consider that the latest marketing outrage is a prime, teachable moment in your life to teach your kids about money. How much are you willing to pay for sneakers? And how much do the kids have to pay the difference? I don't believe in tying allowance to chores. I think that's slavery. I know you're saying, you're most opinionated man on the planet. I might be. Base the amount on what you spent as a kid. Don't bust, don't bust your budget. Don't bust your budget. Look at it as a annual and seasonal thing, not necessarily a back-to-school event. Talk to your kids about money. What do you expect them to purchase with allowance. You expect to be undies. You expect it to be outerwear. You expect it to be shoes. You expect it to be video games. If you can't talk money, you can't talk. You know, again, I tell this story repetitively. I once was deeply in love with a woman named Juliet. Not only were we best of friends, but we were people who should have married we had a lot of likes. We had great chemistry. For a blind date, I flew her to Miami. Got front row seats for a concert. We both enjoyed the architecture of Miami, the art deco. But we both started companies at the same time, and we couldn't really talk money. And she was an artist. I was an artist. I can sketch. I can oil paint. I haven't oil painted in six years. That's how busy I've gotten. I love oil painting. But where does this long story become a short story? Ever? Never? Maybe. Long story short is that during the years of starting my company, year one you lose money, year two you break even, year three you make money. Year one I lost money. And I continued to date and impress and do dinners as if I was making egregious amounts of money. And we started to grow apart because I was starting to stress over money, which is what men do. You know, we're used to feeding one mouth and we get married and we're feeding two sometimes. Women bring as much to the table today as ever, but sometimes it's not the case. They stay at home or we live in a male-dominated society. Men make more than women. Like, I don't know. I'm not, don't get me mad. I mean, don't get me wrong here. I totally believe that marriage is a good thing in the sense that two people, one roof. Marriage is a great thing in the sense of you could save a lot of money. So anyway, I know you're saying, isn't marriage great because of family and children? No, 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 no. It's saving money. So anyway, me and Jules, as I used to call her, Jaybird, we grew apart because of stress and we grew apart because of, uh, you know, we're both working 14, 16 hour days. She was kind of back office starting a 
graphic design company. And I was very much so 60 hours a week, where she was more like 20 hours a week starting a company. So we grew apart. And the um, sad story here is that all she ever wanted me to do was like sit on the couch and eat corn chips and like get naked and draw each other. Like it was simple early love. And I tried to keep up with the Joneses too much so. So I know you're saying, how does this tie into $280 LeBron X sneakers? Well, it does because of silly thoughts of what to expect to spend money on. Corn chips? And then you're saying like Fritos? Yes, Fritos! Corn chips and sit on the couch. It's simple. Now you can read Warren Buffett's 800-page tome on security analysis, Graham and Dodd, the best book ever. But the secret to investing is simple. Watch your costs. Don't study credit default swaps. Study your credit card. Common sense takes you a lot farther than an MBA. Going with your heart takes you a lot farther than going with what you think. Investors sabotage themselves. They get fancy. That's fancy. They tinker. They try, instead of buying Nike shoes, buy Nike. So unconventionally, you can be successful by being conventional. Amongst things that I think an investor can predict are cost, back to shoes. I'm paying more for sneakers today than I did when I was 16 years old. That's why you want to buy a sneaker company. I'm paying more for Coca-Cola than I did when I was 16 years old. That's why you want to buy a Coca-Cola or soda company. You need to save $10,000 a year over three decades. You get 8% return. You end up with a million plus dollars. Can you save $10,000 a year? But if you paid 2% a year in fees, you end up with $838,000. So little percentage points add up. That's why the average investor should go with exchange-traded funds or index funds and stop trading costs. The mix is the key. You know, boost your returns. Either go with great companies that you've known since a child, of which in hour one I went over, some great ideas. But people tend to mess it up, and they try to get too fancy. They try to get too sophisticated. There was a new work company, dot-com company, that came out last week. And a lot of people ask me about it. It's kind of like a Salesforce.com kind of play. Don't get too fancy. You know, Facebook, when you start seeing the ads or when they start saying, you know, we're going to charge you two bucks a year for storing your, all your photos here, that's when you invest. After all the insiders have sold after a year, that's when you think about it. But you wait for some metrics that you can actually tie into, which you can bite into. Retirement can't wait. You need to start planning for it today. Keep things simple. If you want to buy individual stocks, I think TD Ameritrade is great. Share builders, wonderful. There's no investment minimums. Charge $9.99 a trade. I think getting a kid shares of Disney is genius. Talking to your kids about Disney is genius. Disney and Cinderella. That Walt Disney, he was savvy. Got this teenage chick named Cinderella. Ella, Ella, Ella. To work 60 years ago. He made you go watch it at a movie theater. And then he was like, I'm just put her on TV. And he's going to charge ads for it. And then he puts her on Blu-ray, on VHS, on Laserdisc, of which... I wanted a Laserdisc player, telling you once again that we all pick things foolishly. But she hasn't worked in 60 years, and he's still making money on her. That's why you invest in a company like Disney for the long-term patient investor. Dream a dream. You want a great fancy car? You want an exotic vacation? 
with me wearing nothing but grass moo-moos and skirts and selling oranges on the beach. Dream the dream, but fund it. Fund your retirement first. Know your assets. Know your cash. Know your income. Know that inflation investments are typically pretty good investments, i.e. look back at companies that have raised prices in your lifetime. You listen to me, Robert Black, Robert Francis Black, on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. Still looking at major problems near Pacifica. Highway 1 between Devil's Slide and Lindemar Boulevard. CHP has one-way traffic control in place. There is a head-on collision being cleared from the roadway. Traffic due there back to... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.